Do you want to help students envision their future in a physics career? Do you want to discuss the underrepresentation of women in physics and the role of implicit bias and cultural stereotypes? Do you want to encourage young women and promote self-confidence? Let's step up for women in physics. Welcome to Physics Alive. I'm Brad Moser, and I want to help fellow educators spark new life into the physics classroom. Each episode, I'll draw inspiration from teachers, researchers, and science communicators. I hope you enjoy. Good Physics Day, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about the Step Up Project. Step Up is a national community of physics teachers, researchers, and professional societies. The project's goals are to mobilize thousands of high school physics teachers to help engage young women in physics, change deep-seated cultural views about physicists, and inspire young women to pursue physics in college. The website says, We will achieve this if each of the high school physics teachers in our community inspires at least one young woman into physics each year. Let's head straight to the interview. My two guests have a lot to share. To learn everything we can about the Step Up Project, I'm speaking with Anne Cornerens, Step Up Project Manager, and Bree Barnett-Dreyfus, high school physics teacher at Amador Valley High School in California and a teacher advisor and consultant for the project. Hello, Anne and Bree, and welcome to Physics Alive, and thank you for speaking with me today. Hello. I think it's long been evident that women have been and continue to be underrepresented in physics, and yet very little has ever really been done on a big scale to address that. But over the past five years, for some political reasons sometimes, uh, underrepresented groups and their allies have gotten more and more fed up and changes in the air. And I'm interested in learning more about how the Step Up Project gets started. How did it come together? What is the support behind it? And what's the name all about? Well, this is a great place to start. And so I will tell you that Step Up stands for Supporting Teachers to Encourage the Pursuit of Undergraduate Physics. And we are motivated by that goal, and we are working together to achieve that by working directly with high school physics teachers to shift the culture. And that is why the program started uh, a couple years ago, back in 2017. Uh, Zara Hazari at Florida International University and Ted Hodep, associated with APS, as well as partners at AAPT, the American Association for Physics Teachers, and uh, Texas A&M University Commerce got together to write a grant to the National Science Foundation to make an argument for why we, this collaboration, really needed to get together and start a movement of high school physics teachers who could shift that high school classroom culture and really shift the demographics of young women going into uh, undergraduate physics. So with the funding from the National Science Foundation, We uh, created a set of pilot lessons and then have grown the movement over the past couple of years um, and are now finishing up that first initiative and really looking for the next stage. So why is the curriculum directly focused on impacting young, young women in high school? So rather than in, say, college or even maybe going back further to middle school? So we very specifically have focused in on the high school level due to the evidence that that is the critical touch point for young women's interest in physics. So one piece of evidence we have is that a large-scale survey of undergraduate women in physics who are in the major cited high school physics teachers as their primary motivators and primary inspiration point 
Uh, a second big piece is that at the high school level, we still have young women interested in taking physics, and they're present in high school physics classes at about the same level as young men. So we see it just under 50% of high school physics class participants are young women. And we see that number drop going into college at the incoming freshman level. That already has dropped to 20%. The students who are interested in going into physics are only 20% women at that point. So we know that we have a critical a critical uh, ability to work with, with teachers and work with women who are interested in high school about making that transition to the undergraduate major. Um, and really important work is being done at the middle school level and at the undergraduate level. And that's critical as well to make sure that we are building STEM interests young, um, that we are creating opportunities for women to succeed in middle school and high school and in undergraduate. But we focused on high school teachers and high school students for that reason. I think what I often hear, and this is sort of my own unofficial statistic, is um, sometimes when I ask my students at, in the college level, did you have physics in high school? I feel like about 25% of the time I hear, my physics teacher was amazing and I was so looking forward to more physics. And then unfortunately, quite a bit of the other time they say, oh, I had a rough experience. Oh man, it wasn't for me. I'm dreading taking it here or I'm not good. Well, I don't hear the people who don't take physics at all because they're not taking physics. And I feel like having a curriculum like this can, can really do a nice job of helping to maybe give a more positive view towards physics in, in general. We do see that with the lessons, Brad. I will say that across the board for all of the students who are taking these courses with teachers who are doing our set of lessons on careers in physics, but in physics, um, and the teachers who are using this everyday action guide that we created, the students, uh, whether they identify as female or not, um, in the experiments that we've done, we do show positive effects for everybody in terms of their interest in physics and their ability to see themselves as a physics person who might continue to do physics in the future. Well, let's talk a little bit about this curriculum then. So, uh, Bree, uh, I'll jump over to you. The curriculum materials focus on three major topics, careers in physics, the underrepresentation of women in physics, and then general strategies for empowering women in physics. Can you say a little bit more about each of these and why they are central topics? Yeah, so the two of these lessons are meant to be done in the classroom with your students, while the third one, the Everyday Actions Guide, is more general strategies we want them to use throughout the whole year. So the careers in physics lesson is just what it says. It opens the kids' eyes up to the different careers that they can have with a physics degree, and it opens up with a great part of the lesson where they say, okay, if you get a physics degree, what can you do with it? Physics teacher, physicist, lab scientist, sometimes we get evil genius, but <laughs> in all the tropes, right? We have the worst PR of all the sciences, I think, in physics. Nobody knows what we do and how we help. So the whole lesson is about matching the students' values and what they want out of a future career with people who have a physics background and are doing a job in that field and have those values. So there's a matrix that matches them up. They read a couple of bios, which of course have a few more women and people of color than they would normally see if they just Google physicist. And it opens them up to, these are other things that I can do with a physics degree. Then the second part of the lesson asks them to then think about their own future career, 
what they want to do and how physics can help them get there. And so they write up a future profile to themselves as if they had pursued physics and then gone on to this career. And it's a great way for them to visualize success and what they want to do in life, still hold the values that they already had, but how physics can help them get there. And that can be really scaffolded for different age ranges. The second lesson is the women in physics. And that one opens up talking about what we see when we look up physics and how that actually differs from what we have in the field and how it should look. And so we talk about unconscious bias. We talk about differences in different countries for the women that are graduating with physics degrees compared to the United States. We talk about cultural biases. And we go through this discussion with the students based on these student prompts to kind of get them thinking about these higher level concepts about why the field of physics is the way it is in the United States and what we can do to change it. So it's a larger topic. It's usually done later in the school year, but the kids are very thankful that we actually talk about it because otherwise it's the elephant in the room. We have almost 50% of women in our general physics courses, but when you get up into those higher levels, it's not that high. And so to not acknowledge that they have to work against different things um, is really harmful for those uh, female identifying students in our classes. Are you thinking even like AP Physics C, for instance, in high school? Yes, um, we've actually been doing some research in this outside of Step Up, and we have a publication coming that shows that there's a drastic drop off when it comes to higher level physics courses in high school. Um, the third part of the curriculum is the Everyday Actions Guide, and this is really going to that part where Anne mentioned shifting the culture, because if we don't shift the culture that's in our physics classrooms at both the high school and the college level, we may get more women trying to pursue it, but they may not be staying. So we have to make sure that it's an inclusive community that welcomes all students. And so it's a list of strategies that teachers can use to help make their classroom more welcoming and inclusive and supportive of all their students. And the most powerful part about that is the self-reflection guide where we ask them some questions so they can see kind of where they're at on each of those strategies before they get started. So there's so many things that that I could dig into there. And we'll just think a little bit about how how these are getting used along the way, because I'm, I'm very curious uh, about that. So these lesson materials are free for anyone to download uh, on the Step Up website. And I'll make sure to post the link in my show notes for anyone who would like to check that out. And available resources when I was digging around at them, they included video summaries, presentation slides, teacher guides, and worksheets, uh, along with some other materials as well. Uh, so I'm curious how the curriculum is applied in the classroom. And from what you were saying, Bree, it, it does sound like there are, are specific days where there are certain lessons that are meant to encompass maybe an entire class period or maybe longer. But is that the focus of the curriculum or are there resources that are provided that can be woven into day-to-day -day teaching? Like, you know, with careers in physics that uh, if you're in a certain lesson about forces, uh, there would be uh, someone doing something in forces. I don't know, maybe atomic force microscopy. I don't know if that's just forces. There's a lot more physics there. Or when you're covering electricity and magnetism, that there is another success story there, for instance. So the format is at a minimum kind of the standalone lessons that you can do. And some of that is to encourage people to try it who might be a little bit more um, strict with their lesson planning saying, well, I can't give up a day, right? But these are lessons that tie into literacy, they tie into NGSS standards, they are physics. 
right? This is not a side topic that's unrelated. It is it is physics to talk about physicists and their pursuit of physics and, and what they can give to the community. So at a minimum, you could take probably about a day, day and a half to do the careers in physics lesson and the women in physics lesson um, when you wanted to in your curriculum. What we find is way more common is that once people do it the first time, they want to do it all the time. So we have teachers that bring in uh, graphs every single Friday and have their students practice analyzing graphs, looking at the labels, looking at the titles, looking at the trend. But then they make sure that those graphs are maybe from the American Institute of Physics that shows the representation breakdown of graduate students in physics. And hmm, what do you think? What do you wonder when you see certain groups that are not being represented at equal amounts to the population of the United States? We have people that expand our women in physics lesson to include other marginalized groups in physics. We have people who take that careers profile and then they share them with their parents at back to school night. They make it a whole project to have them research these careers. I spoke with the Exploratorium's um, New Teacher Institute, uh, I guess in December, and we worked together to create a little bit like what you were talking about, where we had some of our specific profiles linked to some of their lessons and their demonstrations in the classroom so that their um, participants, their new teachers, could use the snacks from the Exploratorium, use the profiles that their students had heard about in careers in physics, and kind of sprinkle it in all year. So for a lot of teachers, this is kind of their first step to taking a conscious and purposeful look at their lesson plans and how they can be bringing in a diverse group of physicists and diverse experiences from physics and showing their students that it is more than just what they see on the Big Bang Theory. You said a, a few interesting things there about the, the community coming up with some of their own ideas, and that's something I, I want to. I'm going to come back to in a, in a little bit because I'm wondering where where some of those materials might might go. But um, I I want to kind of keep moving on this uh, this topic of um, sort of what are, what are the nuts and bolts of this project. And I I know we're still in the in its early years, but I'm sure there were some pilot studies before grant funding came into play, and and many teachers and researchers. Uh, testing the curriculum and refining. Um, so, Anne, are there any preliminary findings that you can share and are the results promising? The Stepper Project from its origin has been closely backed and supported and really fundamentally driven by physics education research. And so from the very first pilot stages, when we had 10 teachers who were helping us to co-develop the lessons and roll them out in their classrooms and learn from the effects that the lessons were having on their students, um, we've been paying attention to our primary uh, goal of really inspiring and supporting those young women. So the students continue to be the center point to our project and to our research. Uh, in addition to that first pilot test with 10 teachers, the lessons were studied further with a set of teachers in a quasi-experimental protocol that allowed teachers to be either in the control group which received a lesson on historical physicists and uh, some types of jobs you could do with physics, but a much more uh, traditional view of how to do that lesson. And then the experimental group received the careers in physics lesson, uh, the women in physics lesson and the everyday actions. And so preliminary results from that show, again, really positive gains across the board. Um, and that is for students who identify as female and uh, students who do not identify as female. So we know that these lessons have a really positive effect on 
students and their interest in going into physics. And specifically what our researchers are looking at is their physics identity. And so it's a measure with an instrument, a survey built by Zara Hazari and her team at Florida International University um, and other collaborators to really understand what are the pieces of what makes somebody feel like a physics person, what makes them feel recognized, what makes them recognize themselves as a physics person. And then we know that that intention and that identity is tied directly to pursuing a field. We know the importance of building STEM identity in students um, such that those students feel empowered and capable of going on in, in these fields. Um, so those preliminary results from our experimental study are hoping, we are hoping they will be published soon. They are under review, so stay tuned and we will have more um, more literature, but there's also a lot of our preliminary papers on the pilot study and on the underlying research on why we do what we do uh, available at our website. I just kind of made a connection um, between how two of these pieces are connected with this this feeling like a, a physics person, but then also knowing that there is a career out there that sounds really interesting, that it's not just being a teacher or going into industry. I, I put quotes on that, whatever that means. Um, and and I, I feel like, uh, and, and I think it was, I think Bree, you made this comment that uh, we we are terrible at promoting what you can do with physics. And you know, I, I wonder if it's just because most of us have never learned it ourselves. You know, in high school, you know, the folks who go to teach physics in high school, they thought I want to teach physics in high school. So that that was that was sort of their their push. And maybe they didn't know what other options there were. And then in and then in college and in your graduate programs, you're working with with college professors who went that direction and they don't know what the other directions are. And we, we need so much support for, for everybody um, in, in order to help us understand what careers are, are possible with, with the type of training you get in physics. We get that a lot, actually. We get a lot of teachers that do the lessons for the first time going, I didn't know that that was an option. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a field. I mean, I write letters of recommendation for my students now that are going into, you know, biophysics and uh, medical physics, and that wasn't really a recognized field, um, you know, until recently. So there, it's constantly growing and it's constantly changing. There's not a lot of ways for teachers in the high schools to see those other careers unless students come back and tell them that they've studied it. So this is a really great way of exposing the teachers as well. And one of the things that we advocate for is asking the teachers that are doing these lessons to tell their admin about it, to tell the guidance counselors about it. Because it's also an issue of getting the students in the classes to have these lessons to then see that physics is a potential career for them. And so if our counselors are telling our students, well, unless you're really good at math and unless you take all the really hard sciences, you can't be a physics student, that's further limiting the students that can be exposed. Yeah, it's, it would really be, be starting to focus on some of the different paths that, that one can take. And I, I'm I'm seeing another podcast episode un, unveiling in, in front of my eyes about you know the the different the different paths you can take with a with a physics degree and how we faculty can be better at promoting those. So, as I was mentioning, these resources are free and available online, so anyone can start to use them in their their classroom. But it's always helpful to have some in person or structured guidance. Uh, Bree, I'm curious, are there workshops or professional development for using the Step Up curriculum? And I think this is related. What does it mean to be a Step Up ambassador or a Step Up advocate? 
So that's exactly my role, actually. I came into the program in uh, summer of 2018 as the ambassador program coordinator. And so we began that year to recruit um, teachers and faculty and former teachers that were retired that were really interested in helping this program grow as ambassadors. And so the first two years, we had ambassadors that we trained on the lessons so that they understood them very well. They could practice them if they were in the classroom with their own students. They helped us to develop adaptations and extensions, and they would go out and share the lessons with other physics teachers in their communities. Because, you know, a lot of times physics teachers are in silos. They may be the only one at their school. They may not have a physics background. They may be a converted math teacher, converted chemistry teacher. And if they don't have a strong sense of physics identity themselves, they often won't try to build the field. They won't try to grow it. Mm. So giving them an opportunity to learn more about the field of physics with the different careers and to see how they can improve the class community for their own students, it helps to bring a lot of other teachers into the program. And so for the first two years, our Step Up Ambassadors held in-person workshops. They spoke at NSTAs and ABT section meetings. Um, they were able to reach out virtually during the pandemic and hold Zoom workshops, and it's something that we continue to do. So this year we've switched in this level of the grant to um, advocates who are teachers that are being supported directly in doing the lessons. So prior to this, our support was in getting as many teachers as possible to hear about the lessons so that they could do them and improve um, our resources. And now we're switching to supporting uh, just the teachers that are doing them in the lessons this um, super group that we're trying to work with. And so our ambassador leads are the ones that have been with us for a year or more, and they are now supporting those advocates directly. But we're still going to be holding workshops um, virtually for the time being that will train anybody who's interested in learning more about the lesson um, how to do them. So we plan to offer them monthly for about an hour, and they'll be available uh, for free on our website. So anybody that joins our online community will have access, that you mentioned this earlier, to all the extensions and the adaptations that our community builds because we're a grassroots organization. We do have things, the products that we have put out um, that are backed by research and developed very nicely by APS. But we have a lot of extensions and adaptations that our teachers have made and just want to share. And so our online community has a section that all teachers are welcome to, a section that's just for high school teachers. And so that's where we see a lot of these kind of um, trading of resources. And so that's where we're going to be announcing our refresher workshops throughout the year. So anybody who's interested in learning a little bit more about how to actually do the workshops can get our information there. Yeah. I'm going to jump ahead a couple of questions because you're starting to mention the, this community. I'm, I'm curious a little bit more about what that uh, what that looks like so that teachers can stay connected to to the project so they can stay connected to each other. Um, so what what is what does that look like? Are there there different forums that 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 teachers can can jump into, or how do they sign up? I don't talk to me about it because I I'm not I, my questions are falling apart. From the beginning, the separate project has wanted to empower teachers to inspire students, and so the teachers are really critical in creating a movement around this shifting culture and creating a broad nationwide and even now international community of teachers was so important to us. So we rolled out last year, uh, about a year ago now, uh, an online community forum hosted by APS, but open to all Step Up members, all teachers, faculty, supporters who want to be a part of this project. Uh, 
like I said, it's hosted on APS and it's actually associated with our website. So if you go to stepupphysics.org and you click right on the homepage to sign up for Step Up, you can create an account and put in the form for Step Up and save it and then go straight back and start joining in discussions on our discussion boards. So the features that we have right now, uh, everybody who joins Step Up has the option to join both a main community and a sub community, depending on their kind of particular community role. You know, if they are a teacher or a faculty, or perhaps they're an undergraduate student who heard about us from the conference for undergraduate women in physics that APS runs. Um, so whoever they are, we're excited to have them join in the conversation. We have discussion boards where you can create a thread on a topic that you're interested in or search through and see what folks are talking about. Um, we have a library of files where we really hope that people will explore the other adaptations, the other files and um, resources that have been posted there. And then we have an events tab that uh, we have a lot of community members who are really excited to share their events that they might be running or that they might know about with other teachers and other community members. So we try to keep that updated with events that are coming in the future. Um, and there are currently 2,500 people on our online community. So the last section of the community wow. is all of the members. And so you can actually go in there, you can meet some cool people. It has the option of connecting with them very friend on Facebook style. Um, but you can connect with people who you may know or who may want you may want to know. You can send little direct messages like emails through the system um, and start to get to know the community and see who out who else is out there who's passionate about gender equity and physics, right? We really are, we want to be that space for people who want to have these conversations about how do we shift the culture. How do we make sure that physics is becoming more equitable and becoming a space that more and more women can feel at home? I mean, that sounds like an that sounds like an amazing number of of people in the community uh, already. For I mean, I guess the project has been going ongoing for a couple of years now, but it still sounds like it's it's growing. Is is it sort of an exponential growth at this at this time? It is definitely growing um, more recently because of the joining of our advocates this summer. We're very excited to be welcoming them on board in July. And as they've added to the community and started to kind of explore it, we're getting a lot more posts. We're getting a lot more discussions and other questions are being asked on there, which is great. So they're asking questions about what kind of books to read um, if they're interested in gender equity and other marginalized groups. We had a person asking the other day about after school clubs that we offer that encourage women to pursue STEM and, and physics related classes. So it just kind of keeps growing. Somebody emailed us the other day and said, I have all of the lessons converted to Canvas. Would that be helpful? And usually our answer is yes, just post it to the online community, share it with as many people as possible. And that's what's growing is people are sharing their resources and their extensions and Step up is kind of the first step towards a lot of them making some really decisive changes in their classrooms. <laughs> you are not the first dog to have barked on my podcast. <laughs> so as a a college educator myself and knowing that I mean I don't actually know the demographics of my my listeners, how many are high school teachers versus how many are college teachers, but Personally, since I teach college, and I often teach sophomores and juniors, so they likely won't be signing up for a physics major, although I have converted a few folks to physics minors. 
Uh, are there parts of the curriculum that you would recommend to college educators? And, and do you know of any college edu- instructors bringing these ideas into the classroom? We do. So we actually know that there's a couple of people who have used the lessons in a college level, but we just don't have the research to say, yes, for sure, this does improve um, female physics identity and encourage them to go into physics. We just don't have the data set to say, oh, it'll work for you too. But we're pretty sure it's going to work for them too. Um, One of our ambassadors, actually, Alma Robinson, has been doing it with her undergraduates and future physics teachers for a few years now and has had great success. At a minimum, the everyday actions are applicable to physics classrooms of all levels. They are great strategies to try and encourage those that may not be taking physics in your campus to take physics, to make your classroom more welcoming, inclusive, and to really support students who may not normally be supported in physics. So at a minimum, those are applicable to everyone. But the careers in physics is always interesting, especially if you have those younger undergraduates that are still maybe not sure, like they say they're this kind of major, but you know, it's going to change. And so you can, like you say, convert a couple of people to say, hey, you know, if you want to do this in your life, you can achieve that with physics. And that's really, that's really, I think the difference um, in how we approach it, but it could be applied in college for sure. I was I was actually talking to uh, a colleague recently about this this upcoming interview, and, and they were aware of your work, and and they they made an interesting comment comment, and I wanted to to ask about it. They said that there there are sort of kind of two prongs uh, of thought. There there are some folks who are thinking this is this is great. We actually we absolutely want to be you know helping at at the high school level to to make to make this material more. Uh, accessible to to make it to help everybody feel more like a physics person to to really work on on equity, uh, but then there was there's another line of thinking uh, they suggested that that says well there's there is a bigger cultural shift that needs to happen in 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 physics in the physics classroom because so even if you now can can convert one more woman into a physics major from every classroom each year. Now they head off into college and do things kind of stall when, when they reach the more traditional classroom in college where, where people aren't thinking about this. So when we get this, sometimes we will have, um, as Anne mentioned earlier, that there's a concern that it's a deficit model and that there's something wrong with them or that if you just get enough women into the field then it fixes itself by critical mass. And that's not how it's gonna change. We, it has to be a culture change within physics, and it has to be everybody. And that's one of the reasons that we do make sure that we have male physics teachers as ambassadors and advocates and that we reach out to them. It's We don't want it to be every female physics teacher in the country that's doing this. That's not enough. And it's all of our research has shown that it's not just female identifying students that improve with this. It's all students that improve with this. There are people that will benefit from being exposed to physics and learning more about physics, whether or not they go into a career in physics, but they deserve to have the option and they deserve to know that they have the option. And this helps with that in opening up more possibilities for students. Yes, it would be wonderful if we got one more physics major in every physics classroom in the country, then the gender equity problem is solved. It's not going to happen overnight. And even if we get the women there, they have to be able to pursue that field in a culture and in an environment that fosters their growth. And so it's just as important for the male students and the other identifying students in your classroom to be exposed to this lesson as the female students. So we get some people that say, well, I teach at an all boys school, so I don't need to do this. 
yeah, you do. <laughs> They're going to be in a classroom with everybody else. They also need to be exploring their own biases and realizing that there's more opportunities in physics for everybody and not just for them. One of the things I'm, I'm really hoping for this, this podcast is, is to be able to show that, you know, physics education research and, and better teaching isn't just about, you know, new techniques in the classroom, bringing new content into the classroom, but it's about, it's about these bigger shifts. It's about changing the culture. And, and there's things that I have to learn and certainly that we all have to learn. And, and that's exactly why I wanted to, to have representatives from the step up program, come on, come on to the show to, to let my listeners know, and, and hopefully more and more physics educators could find my show to be able to hear about some of these, these types of projects. Um, to, to hear, you know, what's, what's going on around the, the country in physics, because these are all big concerns right now. These are all big questions and, and there's a lot of great work going on. And, and I, I definitely applaud that. And I want to be, I want to be part of, be part of that, be part of a, a solution to all of our, all of our physics woes. <laughs> so to go along with that, there is a certain amount of safety and comfort in just sticking with the physics and not jumping into social issues. So it can be uncomfortable to talk about topics like underrepresentation, justice, diversity, and equity, especially if we are only starting to get involved in, in that process ourselves and starting to understand uh, understand that that world and and how we've contributed to maybe the a deficit model, for instance. Um, so what advice could you offer to teachers who are feeling this way? They have to start somewhere and they have to try. And absence of talking about these issues is just as harmful. We've all been in a situation in our classroom where you hear a student say something. You're like, I should say something. I should go over and deal with that. But you can also just ignore it and say you didn't hear it. And then you don't have to be uncomfortable. But the student that heard the comment is still uncomfortable. The other students around them still heard it and recognize that you did not respond. And so we cannot be selective about the students that we support and we cannot just hide with our head in the sand and say, well, it's not really an issue. I have like two girls a year in my class. It's fine. It's not really an issue. They just do fine. One of them wrote me a thank you letter. It can't possibly be an issue. I must be supporting all females. So it is really important to reflect on what you're doing in your classroom and if you could be doing more to help more students in physics and supporting them. And so when we support our teachers uh, that are part of the community and our advocates, one of the things that we do is is talk about how this can be uncomfortable and to try and root them in the research and show that it does make change and that it's okay to talk about these things. And it is part of the field of physics. We are not robots. We are humans. Science is political. It is not (laughs) unbiased. We cannot say that bias has not influenced the rest of physics and history. So why would it not influence it now? So we have to kind of bring these issues up and it is part of the curriculum to analyze data and to make choices and to welcome and be collaborative to the rest of your peers. That that is part of doing science. And so that's all that we're asking them to do. I really like the Bree's point there about you have to start somewhere, basically you have to do something along the same lines as what Bree said, it's important that people who want to jump into this work and feel compelled to do so and feel interested in starting have a way to do so. And one thing that I love about Step Up is that we created a place for you to start. 
So whether that's doing the careers and physics lesson, um, we recommend doing it at the beginning of the year to get your students excited about what physics is. And you'll see increased motivation and commitment to your class over the course of the year and potentially mm, even yeah. have a, a part of the lesson is to create a future profile of yourself as a physicist. Hang those up in the classroom before parent night. Have those to show your principal uh, what's you know what what you're talking about and the inspiration that your students have for their future careers in in your physics class. Um, so start somewhere. Start with start with the careers in physics lesson if that feels most comfortable to you. Um, and then make sure that you know that the project and the community is there for you if you have questions. If a part of the lesson doesn't make sense, if you tried it and it didn't go exactly right, that's okay. And we hear that over and over and over that because this is potentially a new space for teachers, we want to help to identify what are the great pieces, what works for your students, um, and how do you create a space for them where uh, the conversations that really need to be happening can happen. Another resource that we haven't talked about, but is a really prominent symbol for step up at this point because we mailed 24,000 posters around the country it is our guidelines for conduct during discussion poster and this poster is not physics specific it was created by step up it is meant to be hung in physics classrooms but it would be a great resource for any teacher in high school any physics faculty in the undergraduate space, any department who wants to gesture to students that they are interested in inclusion, they are interested in having conversations. And that's key here is the first thing you can do if you want to embark on this journey is to have a conversation, to be brave and to be able to put yourself out there to know that you won't always say the right thing, but that we can apologize, we can learn and we can move forward. And so the, the guidelines poster talks about how we should own our impact. It matters what you intend to say, but it also really matters what, how you make somebody feel, what they, what they take from it. Um, we talk about arguing using evidence. We've spoken about the graphs that are involved in the different lessons. We've talked about the data, the data analysis that's key to doing this lesson. So teachers who are using this poster in their classroom are establishing a precedent that, hey, in this physics classroom, we argue, we make arguments using evidence, backing our, our statements up with data. Um, and we talk both about making sure that people feel safe, that they don't feel like they're going to get ostracized for saying something um, that other people don't agree with, that disagreement is okay, but that safety is paramount. Um, but that we know that it takes some discomfort to do this work. And so if listeners are feeling a little bit uncomfortable, we would say to lean into that, to know that maybe you're going in the right direction. Maybe that's where you're supposed to be growing and, and moving and that your students will be there with you. They'll be brave. They'll be safe. Mm -hmm. They'll be uncomfortable. But together, um, you can really make some some powerful moments happen in the classroom that will actually affect the outcomes, you know, the students' futures um, in a way that we know that our teachers are committed to doing. On the note of the student, that's probably one of the more powerful portions that we hear back from the teachers. Everybody has an anecdote after they did this lesson. 
everybody has a student that either came up to them during the lesson and said, nobody ever talked to me about this in class before. We've never had this discussion in a science class. Or they send them an email afterwards or they send them a note. We have quotes from so many teachers that say, you know, my students were blown away by this and then continued this conversation, wanted to do more research, wanted to start up a club. My students started up a step up club after we did the lessons for the first year. We've had students that have pointed to the poster and said that made me feel safe in this classroom made me feel safe enough to continue to do physics. So there's definitely different levels. If someone's feeling uncomfortable about starting this, start by looking at the community, start by doing the careers in physics lesson. Once you have a larger community, a sense of community in your physics class, try the women in physics one. It's okay to tell your students that you might feel a little uncomfortable with this conversation because you weren't talked about with this in your own physics experience, but it's important. We signal to our students all the time what we feel is important because it's what we choose to talk about. So if we don't take the time to talk about it, they feel like it's not important. And if they identify with some of these students that are not being represented, they feel unimportant in physics. So it's really about giving them the opportunity to explore physics as much as they want and making sure that we're creating that safe space for them. No, thank you for sharing that. It's a, uh, it sounds like a very, sort of powerful moment for, for some students. And thank you for, for plugging the poster. And, you know, it, it makes me think that I, I did a, a, an episode just a couple episodes ago about math, shame and anxiety and how there can just be a single moment, a single phrase that your teacher utters that can, that can so negatively impact you for possibly the rest of your life. There's also a flip side. There's also, if, if a teacher does something that, is it just blows the students away. That's something they weren't expecting. There's, and then there's a sudden, this a sudden opening, maybe even a blossoming. And now there's space for, for even just one student to sort of come alive and, and see a bigger potential in their in themselves. Yeah. So just print out a poster, hang it up. Uh, is that something you can find on the website as well? They can just go to some of the resources and the posters there. You can, they can print it out. Yeah, it's available to, to print and download. And I want to say that there's this balance here of the big picture culture change that takes a lot of work, but we can't let all of the steps that we have to take keep us from taking the first step. And so finding the poster on our website, printing it out and hanging it up is the first step. Then take the second step of discussing it with your students and, and setting some boundaries about what it means to just have respectful conversations about the physics concept that you're learning that day, right? Um, and then continuing to take those steps. One really amazing thing about Step Up is that it is in some ways very simple. And we say it's simple and not easy because it's not necessarily easy to have these conversations, but it's simple to incorporate two lessons and do some self-reflection on practices and hang up a poster. And we have recommendations of, you know, doing the lesson at the beginning of the year for careers in physics maybe as a start to the school year, um, but also thinking about working in lessons that day before you go on break where maybe you would have shown a movie or finding time um, in the classroom that you're using for other purposes and, and making the time to fit these lessons in. Uh, but along the same lines as taking that, that one step, the lessons are really powerful because it signals to the students that you care. So it's one lesson, it's one day, it's one set of discussions and activities, but the students know for the rest of the year that you care about their future careers. 
the students know that they could approach you as a teacher to discuss belonging in a field and discuss interest, discuss real interests that students are motivated by. Maybe it's climate change and maybe that research and that work really motivates them. And they can come to you now as a physics teacher and say, hey, what's the opportunity for me to go into physics as an undergraduate? And what could that look like for my future career to make a difference for uh, something I'm really passionate about? Um, so I, I think that we should make sure that we're celebrating the small steps that we're taking and, and recognizing the ripple effect that they can have. This question about not feeling comfortable to, to jump into these to these topics, that that, that more or less came right off of your FAQ page. So um, if folks are interested, there's a lot of great uh, questions and answers that are available there. Uh, maybe not so thorough of an answer as I was able to to uh, to get out of you here, but um, but those those answers are certainly there. And it sounds like there's a great community that that these questions can be brought up with and these conversations can be had. So so that's great. Um, I, I feel like I've almost kind of handed over the, over the, the the mic anyway these last couple of minutes with some of the the great things that you've been saying. But I'd I'd like uh, to give both of you a chance to share some final thoughts about the program, uh, the response you've seen in the teaching community and from students and, and what hopes you have for, th uh, for the future. So, and I'll start with you. So I've been really impressed and amazed by the community that we've built. Um, we do have that online community and those are folks who wanted to sign up for emails or want to be a part of this online discussion forum. But we know that there are many more people out there who know about Step Up, who care about Step Up, and who are doing the lessons. And so we're excited to be moving into this next phase with our advocates, our 200 superstar teachers who are doing the lessons in their classroom. And I'm really excited to continue to hear students' stories. The more teachers that we have doing these lessons, the more young women we're inspiring. But we also have a chance to continue to hear the great stories and the great testimonials from students who have been affected by the lessons. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm doing this work. You mentioned earlier, Brad, that when you ask your students about their prior physics experience, that there's unfortunately a high percentage that say it sucked. I, you probably get the same reaction when you're in public and someone says, what do you do? And I say, oh, I teach. Oh, what do you teach? Oh, high school. Oh, what, what at high school? Oh, science. And they guess biology for me, probably chemistry or something for you, right? gendered splits there anyway. And I say no physics. And I get a fair amount of people that back away from me, as if I said bomb maker. <laughs> and so we have people that don't know what we do. We have students that can unfortunately leave our classroom, not knowing what they can do with physics. And this helps to answer both of those questions. And it's going to probably be a slow change, but I think it's already becoming an important change that people are getting to have a better understanding of what physics can do for the world and how their students could fit into it and that they have a chance to do what they want to do through physics. And they have a chance to still accomplish everything that they want um, through physics. So I'm excited to see how this continues to grow. And I want more teachers to be reflective about their own practices. Nobody wants their students to leave their classroom saying that their class sucked. But it is difficult to be reflective on your teaching practices and how you teach and that you might be scaring more people away. I mean, gatekeeping is easy for a lot of people, but it is awful. And you don't really want to be the gatekeeper. So if we can get more people to set aside their own personal egos, possibly, and, and reflect on how they're teaching and how they might be keeping people out of physics that want to pursue it, 
I think it's going to be really good for the overall field. It's just, I'd like it to go faster. <laughs> it might be slow. Your dog agrees. <laughs> faster, faster. So where can everyone go to learn more about this Step Up project? And this can be websites, social media, workshops, all that fun stuff. What are some of the best ways that folks can get involved? The best way to learn more about Step Up is to visit us at stepupphysics.org, which is our website and where you can sign up for the online community. Uh, there's a big purple pink button right there on the homepage. Um, we also are on social media at Step Up Physics on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're really excited to hear what people think of the lessons. As we've said, they're available for free. That's actually at stepupphysics.org slash curriculum if you want to jump straight there. But we really do want to hear what teachers are thinking of the lessons. If you're trying this in the undergraduate space, let us know how it went. Let us know how you adapted it and what's working for you. We're um, excited to be working towards gender equity in physics. We do have a lot more work to do, and we're excited that folks are interested in joining us. Well, Anne and Bree, thank you so much for hopping on this conversation with me today. I feel like I, I learned a lot from our conversation, from looking at all of the awesome materials that are, are on the website. There is um, there's so much ready-made information that you can just you can just pull off and you could just do a quick scan and boop, there you go. You, you've put it into your classroom. So I think you've made it so easy to get some of those initial conversations going. If we can just get over the hump and just do the first step, those next couple of steps become easier and easier. So, so thank you so much for talking with me today. And there you have it. That is my interview with Ann and Bree. What more can I say? Go to the Step Up website and check out what they have to offer. That's stepupphysics.org. You can find the curriculum, see the research, learn how to get involved, and join the community. I've put links to many of these resources in my show notes, which you can find on your podcast app or by visiting physicsalive.com slash stepup. physicsalive.com slash stepup. S-T-E-P-U-P, all one word. I plan on, at minimum, using the guidelines for conduct during discussions poster. This summer, my department is discussing how to incorporate materials from Step Up and also the underrepresentation curriculum into our first semester physics majors course. I'm excited to start taking some action steps on the road to systematic change. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can stay up to date with each episode as it comes out. And there's an even bigger favor you can do for me. Tell one colleague about this podcast and share your favorite episode with them. I want to reach every physics teacher that I can, and you can help me do that. Thanks again for listening in, and I hope you've been inspired to try something new. Today's action step? Join the Step Up community and consider using one of their resources in your class this fall. Please join me again for the next episode of Physics Alive. I'll be speaking with a few of this year's AAPT Education Award recipients. Until then, let's do everything we can to let our students know we care, and be well.